As you continue uh, on our 21-day fast, we are halfway through that. We're on day 11 today. As you continue through that, I hope you are participating in the reading plan. Um, how many are enjoying the reading plan that we're doing as a church? It's an awesome, by Jensen Franklin, it's an awesome reading plan. If you are not participating in that but you would like to, uh, that just means you were not registered on uh, our mass calling and texting system. And if you want to join that, we'll send you the link. You just simply need to text the word join. Uh, text the word join to, I'm going to give you a number if you want to jot it down or put it in your phone, 877-875-2817. Again, that's 877-875-2817. You text the word join, it's going to text you back and ask you for your name. It'll complete the registration and all the new folks that register will send that link out to you so that you can participate uh, as we pray. Also, as you continue to pray in the 845 service this morning, we anointed and prayed for Kyra Sizemore. Kyra is one of our 10-year-old uh, students uh, who they attend the 845 service most weekends, and uh, she has the possibility of facing open-heart surgery. And so we anointed her this morning and prayed, believing uh, that the Lord will touch her. Also, uh, as you pray, continue to remember Ray and Phyllis White. Ray is undergoing chemo and radiation therapy five days a week uh, in um, Nashville at Vanderbilt University Hospital. They planned to be here today. Uh, he was doing well on Friday when I spoke to them, but uh, he's had a rough night last night and just really needs strength today. So please lift Ray and Phyllis both up in prayer. And also, uh, a child that does not go to this church but has some very close connections to this church, uh, Jaden Gabbard uh, is going to be having open heart surgery. I think Jaden is eight, maybe, or nine years old. He will be having open heart surgery um, tomorrow. So let's remember him and those families uh, in prayer. If you have your Bibles with you today, and if not, that's fine. Brother Lauren's going to have it on the screen. But I want to ask you to stand with me all over the room. We're going to read two verses of Scripture. And for this is, today is the second sermon in this series. Um, if you didn't get to be here last week, I'll bring you up to date here in just a moment. There are going to be five sermons in this series. This will be our thematic Scripture every week. Today, uh, we're reading from the NIV version. First Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. The word said, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And I love this last sentence. The word said, And God granted his request. Today I want to preach to you the second sermon in the series that the Lord has given me that I titled Pray It Forward. Today we're going to be talking about part two, bless us. Say that with me, would you? Bless us. Say it again. Bless us. If you will, pray with me and for me. Father, we love you. We thank you. We praise you today for your presence that we've already failed in this place. Lord, we thank you for the five candidates that we celebrate today that are taking the next step on their faith journey. They're taking the plunge of water baptism today. We celebrate with them. We thank you for your presence in the worship and your anointing. But now, God, we need you to anoint your word. I'm asking, God, that you would anoint me to deliver your words today, not my words. But, Lord, 
Let your word come forth in the power and the demonstration of your spirit. Anoint every ear in this house to hear and every heart in this house to receive the word of the Lord for us today. We'll give you the glory, the honor, and the praise for what you're going to do in and through your word in advance. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Nicholas and team. Didn't the praise team and band do an awesome job leading us into the presence of the Lord this morning? We appreciate them so much. Today we're going to continue exploring the prayer of Jabez. Uh, And Jabez is that Old Testament prayer, is what I'm going to call him. He was a prayer who asked God for big things. And before we get into today's message, I want to take just a few moments to review what we covered last week. Now, if you did not get to be here for service last week, or uh, maybe somehow you were missed and did not get a card, you weren't here for service last week or didn't get a card, regardless if you're a home folk or a visitor, would you please just raise your hand and leave it up until uh, a couple of our ushers or greeters make their way around to you. Just raise your hand and leave it up until they get to you, and they're going to give you uh, one of these cards. And so as they're making their way to you, I want to explain a little bit to you this morning that the Lord has spoken to me as the pastor of this church that the mandate for this church in 2020, keep your hand up till they get to you if you didn't get one, the mandate for this church in 2020 is to pray the kingdom of God forward. Now we're going to focus much of our time on prayer this year, asking and believing God for souls to be added to the kingdom. Thank you, fellas, for doing that. We're going to be praying and asking God for souls to be added to the kingdom, not just to Freedom Point Church. Say amen, somebody. But to the kingdom of God. Now, when I search the scriptures on prayers in the Bible, the different prayers that are recorded in the Bible, I kept being pulled back to the prayer of Jabez. And I believe that God has much to say to us about this prayer and the powerful effect that it can have and it will have, I believe, on our lives as well as it did in Jabez's. Now let me give you a little bit of background so that you'll know what we, the foundation we laid last week. Jabez's name means pain. His mother named him the Hebrew word for pain. Can you imagine your name being pain? Hey, pain, how you doing? And so Jabez had to overcome what could have been a life of bitterness in order to become a man of noble character. The Bible says more noble than all of his brothers, in fact. And so Jabez lived during the time of the judges. It was the time period after Joshua had died and when the Israelites were trying to expel the Canaanites from the promised land. They were trying to get them out of the land. And we mentioned last week that this prayer is not a tool of the name-it-and-claim-it crowd. It is not a tool of the health, wealth, and prosperity gospel that many people preach, but rather this prayer is a plea of a man who was asking God to act and to help him fulfill the work that God had for him to do. And so 
rather than demanding something from God, because I know there's a fad, if you please, that kind of goes around in the day and the age in which we live, that we can just go around and order God around and tell Him what to do for us. How many know that's not the way that it works? Let me hear an amen. Rather than being a demanding for God to do something, it was an admission of Jabez's powerlessness. He recognized that he was powerless, and it was an admission of Jabez's reliance upon the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who had originally received the promise that Jabez was actually a part of, because the Bible says it was the blessing of many descendants. Jabez was in that line of descendants. So, as we go on today, everybody should have a card. You either got one last week or you got one this morning. What I want to ask you to do with that card is to put it somewhere that you will look at it every day throughout the remainder of this sermon series. We'll have three more sermons, three more weeks after today. And I want to ask you to pray that prayer that is printed on that card every single day. And we're going to learn the specifics of the power that is in that prayer as we go through this series. So I want to ask you if you'll take that card right now if you have it. If not, they're going to have it on the screen here in just a minute. And you'll notice that the scripture says just prior to the actual prayer that has been printed on your card in verse 9, Lauren, if you'll go back to verse 9, thank you. It says that Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Now, I want you to take that card, and if you don't have your card, or you've got one last week and it's not with you, you've already put it where you'll look at it every day. Verse 10 is going to be on the screen. I want you to take that card or look at the screen, and I want us to read this together. Can we do that right now? We're going to read this out loud together. Here we go. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. Today we're going to look at, thank you very much, and focus on this phrase, Oh, that you would bless me. See, I come from a time that I think uh, we shy away. Uh, we A lot of times in the church we want to play the humility card and say that we're humble enough that we don't ask God to bless us. We don't ask for God's blessings. A lot of people would think that that's, um, there's something wrong with you if you're always asking the Lord to bless you. But there are some things that I want to share with you today that are, of course, from the Scripture but also directly from a book by Dr. Bruce Wilkinson. I want to encourage you to look up that book if you don't have it. I have a copy back in my office. Uh, it's called The Prayer of Jabez. But I'm also asking the Lord to speak to us by His Spirit as we go through this text today. My purpose this morning is to encourage every single one of you to not only ask for God's blessing, but to do so with the expectation and with faith in Almighty God. And by doing that, I want to point out three things today regarding asking for the blessings of God. Three things regarding asking for the blessings of God. Number one, is it right to ask for God's blessings? The answer is yes, absolutely. Now, in helping us to get a grasp of that, I want to look about, at, at a few things about blessings. The first thing is the definition of blessing. Because before we can ask God's blessing with confidence, we need a clear understanding of what the word itself means. 
We hear the word bless or the word blessing repetitiously mentioned from every single pulpit. We ask God to bless the offering like we did today. We ask God to bless the missionaries. We ask God, I hope we ask God to bless the food that we're about to eat before we partake of the food. And you know, in the day that I come from, it was something that grandmas and grandpas and other people who had manners said when they heard somebody sneeze, right? How many knows what I'm talking about? Somebody sneezes, you say bless you. A lot of the younger generation don't know about that because we just rude today. We're, we're just rude today. They, grandma and grandpa, somebody would say, bless you when you sneeze. But no wonder the meaning of blessing gets completely watered down to something that is vague and meaningless. No wonder there are so many Christians who are not as desperate as Jabez was to receive the blessing. Is, I want to know this morning, is there anybody else in the house besides me who would say, I am desperate to receive the blessings of God? Yes, thank you for your hands. I'm desperate to receive the blessings of God. When I pray this prayer, I say, oh God, let it be so in my life. I beg of you, God, because I need your blessing. I need God's blessing. Because listen to your pastor this morning. Because what the Lord blesses, no man can curse. That's good stuff. But what the Lord curses, no man can bless. Can I tell you that I've come to a place in my life, and it's taken me almost 35 years of living for the Lord because I was saved when I was 9 years old. Well over 20 years of active ministry, and now almost 13 years, that's hard to believe, of preaching the Word of God to get here to this place. But I am finally getting to the place in my life that I realize that His blessing is the only blessing that I need. Say amen, somebody. His approval is the only approval that I need. Listen, I love people. You'll find out I'm a people lover. If you're new here today, if you, you're lucky if you get away from me without me catching you and talking to you. I love people. I'm a people lover. But listen to me this morning. I don't need man's blessing. I don't need man's approval. People will say this or that about you. They will say things. They will falsely accuse you. People will run you down. Can I hear somebody say, I know that's right. But what did Paul have to say about that? In Romans chapter 8 and verse 31, Paul said, What then shall we say in response to these things? Notice he didn't say, put your dukes up and let's, let's fight it out. He didn't say for you to verbally attack them because they verbally attacked you. Hello, somebody. He didn't say for you to try to fight it in your flesh. Here's what he said. When you hear all that stuff, what do we say in response to these things? Here's what you say. If God is for us, tell me who can be against us. What's it matter if we have the Lord on our side? See, to bless in the biblical sense means to ask for or to impart supernatural favor. When we ask for God's blessing, we're not asking for more of what we could get ourselves. We are crying out for the wonderful, unlimited goodness that only God has the power to even know about, let alone give. We're crying out to God. And this kind of richness 
is what the writer was referring to in Proverbs. And Lauren doesn't have this one for the screen, but in Proverbs 10 and 22 where he said, listen to what it said. I want you to listen to it. The Lord's blessing is our greatest wealth. That's how important the blessing of God is upon your life. The Lord's blessing is our greatest wealth. And all of our work, the writer said, adds nothing to it. See, we have to learn to get past the cliches of blessing. We have to learn to get past just the meaningly chatter of, oh, bless us. We need to learn to get down to the heart of the matter. And one of the things to keep in mind as we do that is we need to have the correct attitude. Say amen, somebody. Attitude is everything. Lauren, if you'll put verse 10 back on the screen for me, please. I want to point out something that is different about Jabez's prayer. Jabez says, oh, that you would bless me. And then he moves on. Notice that he entirely left it up to God to decide what the blessings would be. Hello, somebody. Where they would be and when they would be and how Jabez was to receive them. That's the right attitude. When you go telling God what to give you, when to make it happen, where to make it happen, and how to make it happen, you're not leaving it up to God. But Jabez had the right attitude when he said, Oh, that you would bless me. You see, this kind of radical trust in God's good intentions toward us. How many knows that God has good intentions toward everybody in this building today? Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 33 says this, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, plans never to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. How many knows that's good intentions that God has toward us? And this kind of radical trust in God's good intentions toward us has nothing in common with the popular gospel that you hear that you need to be asking God for a Cadillac. Hello, somebody. Or you need to be asking God for a six-figure income. Or you need to be asking God for a better job or a bigger house or some kind of material sign that you have found a way to cash in on your connection with God. God forbid. I say that again. God forbid. Instead, the Jabez blessing focuses like a laser on our wanting for ourselves nothing more and nothing less than what God has for us. And when asking for God's blessing, we should also pray for Him to take His rightful place as Lord in our lives. I don't care how much you attend church on Sundays if He's not the Lord of your life when you're on your job. I don't care how much you attend church on Sundays if He's not the Lord of your life when you're out on that lake in the summer. Hello, somebody. I don't care how much you attend church if He's not the Lord of your life when you're at home with your family and they hear you yelling and cussing at them. Oh, boy. If He is not the Lord of your life, you need to take a trip back to the altar and make Him more than just a Savior, but let Him be your Lord. Say amen, somebody. 
as he takes his rightful place as Lord in our work, in our recreation, and in our family life. Now notice also, this prayer is not a selfish prayer. How do I know this prayer is not a selfish prayer? Because I can tell you God doesn't answer selfish prayers. James chapter 4 and verse 3 says this. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives. That you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Now listen, I think that God doesn't answer selfish prayers, but sometimes He does answer foolish prayers. Sometimes He answers foolish prayers because you and I have to learn the hard way. God shut that door right in our face, and we're over there saying, God, open this door, open this door, open this door. I want this door open. When that door was not the door that God had for you, but He went ahead and opened it because you wouldn't shut up. Hello? Or God's got the door wide open and you're standing looking around at another closed door saying open that door, open that door. But God was trying to tell you to go through this door. Sometimes he answers our foolish prayers just to teach us how important it is to be in his will. But God does not answer selfish prayers. Now I want to move on to the third part of this section and this is that. The blessings of God will always enhance our relationship with God. See, when we're basking in the wonderful riches of God, when we're taking in His Word, when we're allowing His Holy Spirit to move like it did um, it, it did in the in the eleven in this service today too. But I mean his spirit just moved in our eight forty five service this morning and, and spoke. But when we're allowing his Holy Spirit to move and to mold us and to shape us, we become more in tune with our Heavenly Father. We begin to enjoy Him more. We begin to think more like He thinks. And we begin to act like Him more. And you see, the side benefit of all of that is that we more accurately reflect Him to this world all around us who is dying, literally dying, to know the same God that you and I know. And I want you to allow God to bless you richly. To really pray for the blessings of God upon your life so you can enjoy Him all the more. I said I wanted to to point out three things. The second thing I want to point out today is this. Aside from blessing us personally, why should we ask for blessing? Aside from just enjoying the blessing personally, why should we ask God for His blessing? The answer is so that we can give those blessings away probably going to get quiet now. See, God gives us blessings. They are not for us to hoard up. How many ever watched the show Hoarders? They're not for us to pile all that stuff up and, and keep a, a tight fist around the things that God Himself opened His hand to give us. It's not God's intention for us to keep a tight fist clenched around it. And this helps us to get past the selfishness aspect of praying for blessing that we were just talking about. Now we talked a little bit about the right attitude. And this is is in addition to the right attitude. We need to consider other other people when we're asking for and receiving God's blessings. Now, there are two main types of blessings that we can share with others. First of all is spiritual gifts. There are spiritual gifts in the Bible. This year, 
Unfortunately, today we don't have the time to list all the spiritual gifts, but we're going to teach and preach on those nine spiritual gifts because I believe that's a lost art in full gospel churches today. A lot of people don't know what those spiritual gifts are. Later on, we're going to we're going to investigate and teach and preach on those spiritual gifts. Today, we don't have all the time to list all those spiritual gifts from Scripture. They're in there. But I do want to read a small passage about the purpose of spiritual gifts to you. It's found in the book of Romans, chapter 12, verses 3 through 8. And Lauren's going to have it on the screen. Here's what it says. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. In other words, don't think that you're perfect or arrived yet because ain't none of us perfect and ain't nobody arrived. Somebody say amen. Verse 4. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many... Uh, 260-something, 270 people last Sunday. I don't know how many today between two services. But we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. And if it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Here's the point. Our spiritual gifts are not just for our personal benefit. Our spiritual gifts are for the benefit of the entire body of Christ. Everybody has a gift. Say everybody. Say it the way these kids do today. Everybody. Everybody has a gift that they can use. God will use those gifts for His glory when you make yourself available to Him. So one area of blessings is spiritual gifts that we can give away and share with others. Another area of blessings is material possessions. You were afraid I'd go there, weren't you? You see, when God blesses you financially, And if you have a permanent job, he does. I heard maybe one and a half amen. I said, when God blesses you financially, and if you have a permanent job, he does. He blesses you regularly, every week, or every two weeks, or once a month, with something called a paycheck. Do I have anybody in the house who works on a job every day of the week but never gets a paycheck? Anybody? Can I see a hand? Anybody? No. Why? Because you wouldn't do it if it wasn't for the paycheck. If you have a regular job, though, God blesses you financially, regularly, with something called a paycheck. Can I hear an amen? Do we all agree on that? Now, as a believer... You have a responsibility to give to Him, to give back to Him a portion of what He has blessed you with. That portion is called a tithe. It is 10% or one-tenth of everything that the Lord has blessed you with. 
Now, years ago, I used to really, if those that really know me, you'll know this. I shy away from preaching this. I do it about once a year, and then I back off of it, and I don't mention it anymore. As I was studying in this message, I never intended to get on this topic of money. But I quickly discovered, as I study all the Scripture in context, I cannot teach you and preach to you to pray to God and ask for His blessings if you're not doing what God's already told you to do in order to receive them. Okay, so listen, it's one-tenth or ten percent of whatever the Lord has blessed you with. Now, here's what the Bible says. The Bible commands us to tithe. It says in Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10. Now, I want to say this first of all. Angie and I have not always been tithers. For those of you that that shocks, you can go, oh, right now. We have been absolutely, for the time I've pastored this church and served on other staff church positions, yes, absolutely. But years ago, early on in our marriage, we gave, sometimes we tithe, but sometimes we gave. There is a difference. A tithe is one-tenth or ten percent of whatever the Lord has blessed you with. Really simple math, if your paycheck is $500, that's $50. If your paycheck is $1,000, that's $100. If your paycheck is $1,500 and you give 50 that's not a tithe. That's not a tithe. If your paycheck is $1,500, you give $150. That's what a tithe is. It's one-tenth. It's not a tithe unless you do the full 10%. Why do I want to read this scripture? Here's the command right out of the word. It ain't my words. It's a command right out of the word that says, bring the what? Say that again. Bring the, that means the whole thing. All 10% of the 10%. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Now watch this. This is the only place in the Bible where you will find God issuing you the opportunity and granting you the permission to test Him. Most other places you will find that it teaches you not to try God and not to test God. But the Lord says right here, Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. That's what the Bible says. But notice, it is not a suggestion. It is not stated as optional. It is a command with a challenge tied to it. Test me in this, says the Lord. And just see if I will not pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. I had no intentions of doing this today until Thursday night as the Lord impressed upon me when I was finishing typing this message. But I did this last year in February. And our, uh, when I did this last year in February, our tithing went up about 20%. And it stayed that pretty much for the remainder of the year. And what I did was I issued a 90-day tithing challenge. I'm going to issue that tithing challenge again today. If you are not giving or tithing, you know who you are. I don't know who you are, and I don't want to know who you are. Please don't come to me after service and tell me. I don't want to know that. But if you are not tithing, I want to issue to you today a 90-day 
tithing challenge. Today is January the 12th. If you tithe from today, starting today, for the next 90 days, and if on April the 12th you are able to come to me and say, Pastor, I did. Or you can go to Sister Karen, who I think might be in her office or somewhere else because she's got a chip fracture and a boot that she's having to wear because on her, on her foot. But anyway, she's our finance officer. Or Renata Baxter's on the finance committee. John is too, but John and I don't know how to type checks, and we don't want to learn. Amen. Praise the Lord. But Renata and Karen, or if you come to me and you tell me after 90 days, Pastor, the, I did what you told me to do, and the Lord has not blessed me, we will write you a check back for every single penny that you gave this church for that 90 days. Now, I want to tell you this. We issued this last year in February. Our tithes, I already told you, went up about 20%. I did not have one single person who came back to me or Sister Karen and said, I did what you told us to do and, and we did not get blessed. Why? Because I promise you, if you test him in this, the Lord is not a man that he should lie. His word is true and he will do what the word of God says he will do. Say amen, somebody. Give the Lord some praise. Some of you wanted to, thank you. And it gets better than just your tithe. Listen. If God has been liberal with you, he, or been very generous with you, He expects liberality from you or generosity from you. Not just foolishly throwing away of your resources, but the considered and prayerful. It's always, it's always important to pray about it, but the considered and prayerful cha uh, channeling of your resources to help advance the kingdom of God. Now listen, if you were here for our Bible study this past Wednesday night, it was a great session. It was so good, and we had a great Wednesday family night attendance. It was great. But if you weren't here, be here this coming week. Um, it's not about money this week, but I didn't know it was going to be about money last week until I studied. But if you were here, it was a great session. And Max Lucado said this. He said that God gives us money for four reasons. Now, I don't have time to read all these scriptures, so if you're taking notes and you want to write them down, you can go back and read them later. But God gives us money for four reasons. The first reason is to honor God. The scripture for that is Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 9. Proverbs 3 and 9, to honor God. The second reason is to provide for your family. 1 Timothy 5 and 8. And the third reason is to support your country. Romans chapter 13 and verse 7. And the fourth reason is the one that all of y'all will shout on. It's to enjoy it. Say amen somebody. 1 Timothy 6 and 17. Listen to your pastor this morning. I have an obligation to teach you the Word of God and instruct you on how you can receive the blessings of God on your life. And if you're going to pray the prayer of Jabez every day like I've asked you to, and you're going to ask God for His blessing, you have a responsibility of what you need to do in order to receive the blessings you're asking for. I'm not telling you because I'm some kind of greedy preacher, because guess what? I didn't take one penny more in salary. I've never taken full salary from this church. Still ain't taking full salary. And I didn't take one penny more when our tithes went up 20% last year. And I'm going to promise you I'm not going to take one penny more if our tithes go up 20 or 40 or 50% this year. I'm not telling you that because I'm a greedy preacher. I'm telling you that because I really want you to be blessed. I want you to experience and to understand the same things that Angie and I have experienced and we understand. And that is when we do what God God tells us to do, God then does 
does what his word promises us he will do. That's why I'm telling you. And I want you to be blessed. Because ultimately, when we are blessed, listen, we're building a church down the road here. How many believes that? We're building the church down the road here, and when God blesses us, that's where it's going. It's going to finance the kingdom of God because I believe that God is calling us to pray the kingdom forward this year. We can't even get everybody into one service in this sanctuary that wants to worship together on Sundays. We split it up to two so that we have the empty seats that you see that we have right now. And that's with all the children out of the sanctuary. But I'm believing that God's going to give us a place that we can all worship together and there'll still be seats for anybody He wants to send in. How many will believe that with me? Give the Lord a big hand clap of praise. As the kingdom continues to grow, listen, ministry needs will continue to increase. And whether you realize it or not, that takes finances. It took finances to lease that building next door and to turn it all into a student ministry and nursery, preschool, kindergarten ministry. If God has blessed you financially, ask God to show you what He would... Don't ask me. Don't come to me and ask me. Ask God to show you what He would have you to sow into the kingdom after you have tithed. And the point here is that the blessings of God are meant to be shared. And this leads us to the third thing I want to point out today, and I'm going to close with this. Who needs to be blessed? There are lots of people needing a blessing from God. But I want to focus this morning on three main groups. The first group is each and every single one of us need to be blessed. I think I can safely speak for everybody here today when I say that each of us can use a fresh blessing from the Lord. And if you don't think that you do, I want to tell you, friend, you're fooling yourself. I said you're fooling yourself. You need the Lord. But let me be real honest with you. I need the Lord every single day. Anybody else say that? I need His blessings every single day, but I'm going to be real honest with you. Until this sermon series, I have never asked for His blessing often enough. Even carrying the load that I carry as a pastor of well over 300 people that call this home, about 350 plus that call this home. They're not here every Sunday, but even with the load of that, I don't ask the Lord to bless me nearly often enough. And that's, that's, a, that's something from the Word of God that He tells us we can do. Listen, Holly, I don't want to embarrass you, but raise your hand. Holly was here Wednesday night, okay? We had that session and we talked. She came up to me. I'm going to give her testimony to you. She came up to me and she had just found out Wednesday night. Now think about what I told you the lesson was on and I didn't even know it was going to be on that. She came up Wednesday night and she had just found out at work that her contract on her job was ending. She did not know that, and they were not going to hire her back. We got the oil. We gathered around her. We prayed the prayer prayed the prayer of Jabez over her, and we asked God to bless her indeed, to enlarge her territory, to let his hand be upon her, and to keep her from harm so that she would not feel pain. We spoke it in faith, believing, and we prayed. And guess what happened Friday at work? They reconsidered, and they said, you know what? We're going to hire you back because we need you. She still got her job because God is Jehovah Jireh. He is our provider. Say amen, somebody. I've been asking God to remind me daily of my need for His blessing in my life because quite frankly, folks, without the Lord, I won't make any impact for the kingdom of God. I need His blessing and so do you. The second group is, and I'm almost done, the second group that needs His blessing is this church. You may say, 
didn't you just cover that pastor when you said each of us needs his blessing? Not really. Because while it's true that we each need his blessing, we need to ask God to bless Freedom Point Church. See, we're hoping to impact our community and the entire Tri-County area for Christ. And I realize, listen, I realize that we won't reach everybody. But God wants us to reach as many people as possible. And can I tell you that that should be the goal of every single church in this area is to reach as many people as possible. But the only church that I'm responsible for is this one. And I'm just radical enough to believe that with the help of God, we can continue in this community to tear the devil's playhouse down and to make a significant impact for the kingdom of heaven in this city. Does anybody else believe that with me? That's mighty big thinking, preacher. You might say, well, guess what? I know it is, but I serve a mighty big God. Hallelujah. And we need, yeah, we need his blessing because we need to be able to see where and how he wants us to work. We need his blessings, listen, on our efforts to share the gospel. We need his blessings on our discipleship programs. And he's blessing it. If you're not here on Wednesday night, make an effort to get here. It's 630 to 745. Your entire family will be blessed. We need him to bless our worship with his presence like he did this morning and especially in the 845 service. We need him to bless the sick with healing. We need him to bless the lost with salvation. We need him to we need to ask God's blessing for him to bring people to us who are willing and able to work to advance the kingdom of God. We need this church needs God's blessings. And thirdly, as they come to the music this morning, the next group that needs his blessing is the body of Christ in this entire area. Now listen, we need to pray as we have a lot of focus on prayer this year. We need to pray for our area churches if we hope to reach this area for Christ. Now I know that's contrary to the to the popular thing that kind of goes on today because I'm just going to put something right on the table for you. We live in a day and time where people act like, my church is better than yours. I mean, knows what I'm talking about. Oh, our church is better. Oh, you got, you running 30 on Wednesday nights in the high school class? We're running 50. You were, we, what are you running on Sunday morning? What's your ties running? What's all people asking all that? My church is better than yours. Listen, that may be the way people act. We don't have control over anybody but ourselves. And this church is going to be about advancing the kingdom of God. That's what this church is going to be about. We need to pray for all of our area churches, every single one of them, if we hope to reach this area for Christ. And guess what? When we pray, we need to not only pray for God to bless Freedom Point Church, we need to pray for God to bless our area churches. Because did you know, folks, I mean, yeah, there are those that run more and all of that good stuff, but there's also... A lot of churches, a lot of churches in this area who have pastors that are burnt out and discouraged. Who feel helpless and hopeless and lonely. And they need the blessing of God. Can I tell you that there are people in many churches who are discouraged because they don't seem to have any fruit from all of their efforts to bring the gospel to the people. And those churches need the blessing of God. 
There are people in some churches who want to reach out and do a lot of outreach like we do out of this church, but they don't have the finances and they have obstacles standing in the way. Those churches need the blessing of God. And as the body of Christ works together, God bring us together. As the body of Christ works together to shine the love of Jesus, we need the blessings of God to give us success. The body of Christ needs the blessing of God. So I'm going to wrap this up if you'll stand with me all over the house. In his book on the prayer of Jabez, Dr. Wilkinson relates the fable about a man named Mr. Jones who dies and goes to heaven. Peter is at the gates waiting to give him a tour as he arrives. And Mr. Jones sees all the splendor of heaven. He sees the golden streets and the beautiful mansions and the angel choirs. And as the tour continues, he notices this odd-looking building, curiously out of place in all of the beauty of heaven. And it's this enormous warehouse with no windows and only one door. And Mr. Jones tells Peter he wants to go look inside that building. But Peter hesitates, saying, you really don't want to see what's in there. And as the tour goes along, Mr. Jones keeps wandering back to that warehouse and he keeps bugging Peter I want to go to that building so Peter takes him back to the warehouse and upon entering the building Mr. Jones notices that the building is filled with row after row of shelves that are floor to ceiling each is neatly stacked with white boxes tied with red ribbons and he also notices that each box has a name on it so he turns to Peter and he asks do I have one? Peter replies Yes, you do, but Mr. Jones is already dashing toward the J aisle to find his box. Peter follows, just shaking his head. He catches up with Mr. Jones just as he's slipping the red ribbon off the box. And he pops open the lid. And looking inside, Jones has a moment of instant recognition. And then he lets out a deep sigh like Peter has heard so many times before. Because there, in Mr. Jones's white box, are all the blessings that God wanted to give him while he was here on earth. But Mr. Jones had never asked. Listen to your pastor this morning. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7, Ask, and it shall be given. James says, We do not have... Because we do not ask. Is it right to ask for God's blessings? Folks, if you want the blessings of God on your life, you have to ask. I can't ask for you. Our student pastors, our worship pastor, they can't ask for you. If you want God's blessings on your life, you have to ask. God wants us to ask because God wants to bless you. Ask Him to do it with the right attitude and with the idea that you will bless others with those blessings that He gives you. And when you do that, you just stand back and watch Him work because He will. So I want to ask very quickly if everyone will bow their heads, not looking around. If there's anybody in this room today that you say, Pastor, I 
I hear what you're preaching, but I don't even know if I went out into eternity today. I don't even know if I would be ready to meet the Lord. If there's anybody in the room that that's you today, would you just, with nobody looking around, would you just very quickly slip your hand up and put it back down? If I went out into eternity today, I don't know that I am ready to meet the Lord. Would you just slip your hand up and put it back down? All right, I don't see anybody in the room, so I'm going to trust you can look at me, that everybody in the room, that everybody in the room is saved and ready to meet the Lord. So here's what we're going to do. If you want to come to the front, you're welcome to come to the front. But if you want to stand right there, you're welcome to stand right there. They're going to sing. And how many of you in this house this morning will say, I can think of at least one area that I need the blessing of God on in my life. Can anybody think of that? Let me see your hands all over the room this morning. I can think of at least one area. Here's what I want us to do. As they sing, I want you to just talk to the Lord right where you are. Or you're welcome to come up front. But just talk to the Lord. Pray the prayer of Jabez and ask Him to do what you're asking.